welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Grunewald, the better-looking co-host. Yeah. Some say the best-looking co-host. They say you have a face for radio. I get that all the time. It's so flattering. <laughs> well, uh, we've been absent for a few weeks. It's been two weeks. It's Bike Race Bi-Weekly at this point. Yeah. You were on vacation. <clears throat> I was on vacation. I was in South Carolina. Yeah. Beautiful state. And really nice. the following week, you had some uh, home issues. Home Just issues. Kidding. <laughs> Shut up. His wife was was sick. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you sound like I'm, like I'm like I have some like devastating like issue in my life. No, my yeah, my uh, my wife wasn't feeling too good, so I was taking care of her for a little bit. But we're back, and Ryan, you were also weren't you gone? You were gone this last weekend too, I think, right? Because you were racing. Yeah, were racing I was. In, uh, walk. Menominee, uh, Menominee Falls, Falls which Menominee is about Falls. 20 minutes from Waukesha. Yeah. Which was really nice because I got to stay with Anna. Nice. And it was a 20-minute drive rather than, like, an hour-and-a-half drive. Yeah, it's nice to be close to the race for sure. Yeah. Well, I guess we can jump right into your race, Ryan. Ryan yeah. did race this weekend, like we just mentioned. Yeah, a few talking points from the race. Um, first off, it was my first official crit race of the season. That's right. Kind of what we were, we've been talking about for... You know, some reason better late than never. There's just uh, not the crit scene that there has been. Not as many races this year, but in the West. honestly, like I got. To a, be honest, though, I think there were a couple. I think we just were busy on those yeah, events too. Yeah, we were just busy. Well, yeah, we were busy on the few that there were. I think there was like there was a road race, and then there was a cross, and then I th- maybe one other one. Yeah. But I think that was it. Okay. Um. You know, I had a moment of, hey, maybe this isn't as dead as I thought it was because the turnout was actually really good. I think there's some races that tend to get really good turnouts, and I think people genuinely like the Menominee Falls race Yeah. because it's a pretty chill course. It's actually in a park, mm-hmm. so there's not really uh, turns. They're more there's like, one turn. There's like bends. Yeah, there's one corner. There's, there's one, one actual corner. There's one corner. Everything yes. else is a, a gentle bend. So I call it nice. more of a circuit race because it is a pretty long course too. What is it, like mile Probably and a half, two miles? Almost two miles. Almost two miles, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like in between a crit and circuit race. It's about as long mm-hmm. as a crit. You know, standard 45-minute cat three race, hour and 15-minute cat one, two, three race. But it definitely felt more like a, or it feels more like a circuit race for sure. Anyways, you did two races. Yes. And you did the Cat 3 race, and you also jumped into the Cat 1, 2, 3 race. Yes. So first race of the day, Cat 3 race. Mm-hmm. How'd it go for you? How'd you feel? Uh, if it went well, my plan was to chill. Yeah. You know, doing two races, I didn't want to race it like I do practice crit, where, you know, I try to, you know... I try to try stuff. I try guess to try is the stuff. best way to do try to it. try to play bikes a little bit. Yeah, I try to play bikes. Yeah, um, that makes it you know a full fifteen minutes of just going as hard as I can. Right. And this, I wanted to play it smart. Um, I wanted to get the best result possible without putting much effort in. Uh, that being said, I tried going with two f- uh, finishing breakaways with like four or five laps to go. Mm. Uh, it's it kind of turned out to be the classic cat three thing where you know three or four people go on a breakaway as soon as it's established they look at each other 
classic cat three moves. Which it, which it's kind of like, like oh, why yeah. did you go? Oh yeah. If, which if, one of you is gonna pull us all the line? Yeah. Yep, it's like why did you go if you weren't going to contribute? Yep. What was the point? That's how a breakaway works. Yeah. Everybody like gets into a breakaway and you just look at one person to pull and do all the work and that's how you win a race. Yeah. So this I happened like that I, that happened twice with the same people. The exact and same then, people. Yeah, and yeah. Then with, that's the that's what I don't understand. There's one thing. There's a, there's a difference between like closing a gap, or like kind of like just putting a little pull in at the front to kind of bring things back. But like, why would you get into a break that you've got no chance to like work in? Uh, yeah, and there's like that. I don't know. There's that whole thing of like, ah, oh, well, you know, like I got my sprinter, my teammate. In the in the in the main field, so I'm just like gonna mark the break, and it's like, yeah, I, I get that, but it just kind of makes everything lame. It's like you might as well try to roll it. Like, what's the worst that can happen? You get up the road, and then you can stop working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, put pressure on people to actually chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then with three laps to go, the same people went again. I thought to myself, well, I'm not gonna go because that is pointless. And it ended up going to the line. Do you want to name names? Do you want to, like... I didn't know any of them. Do you want Actually, to, like, I did know two of them. You want um, to throw some rocks right now on the podcast? No. Actually, the two guys that that I did know that I kept going with because I knew they were strong, they're actually really nice guys, and I raced collegiate with them. Oh, okay. Um, but that being said, I don't think it was them, per se, but it was more of the pack. Yeah. Very classic Cat 3 pack where it's like why do you chase one but not chase the other and then it'll uh-huh. be like w- one or two guys have like a teammate and yeah. they like throw away their race to like, just like sit at the front you know and like chase yeah. anyone else it's amazing too like I think back to when we were racing the gateway cup and like I think it was the first day and there was like a group of eight riders that got off the front with like some of the fastest riders yeah. And, like, the first thought that went into my head was, like, this is absolutely the race-winning breakaway. Like, we weren't chasing in the field. Yeah. And it literally got, like, 100 meters up the road and fell apart. Like, they had the gap. Like, it literally... If, like, literally just looked if, at each other. If three people would have worked, they could have probably lapped the field. And it was, like... But, no, no, it was, like, near the end of the race, because I remember oh, thinking... it was, it was like, like, halfway three, through. No, it was, half. like, three laps to go. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they Damn. went with, like... They had a break for, a, yeah. like, two or three laps. I just... But don't... it was, like, three laps to go, where all of a sudden, like, they just all, like, stood up and started yeah. looking at each other, and it was, like... You guys could have gone to the finish. I, I just don't think I'll ever understand that. Like, what the Cat 3 meant. Like, what goes through the average Cat 3 brain? Yeah. Where it's like, do you do you really think somebody's actually going to pull you to the finish? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe people just watch too much, like, pro bike racing, and they think, like, that's how it works. Like, the person that's the breakaway guy is just going to, like, try to drive the brake regardless of who's in it. But it just sure. never, it never works like yeah. that. Well, anyway, so this, this race-winning breakaway gets up the road. You're not in it. You're in the field. How many laps to go? Like, what are you doing at this point? Well, that happened with three laps to go. Okay. And then with two, the next three laps, my thought was just like... <clears throat> uh, actually, I tried to start a chase because they weren't that far. Right. And there was a point where we weren't that far away from them. And I yeah. thought if I just started something... Somebody would, like, get it going. Maybe a few people would think it's worth to, like, just put a small... It wouldn't have taken much. A few, right. like. Maybe like Couple three people, or four people. Pulls, yeah. Not even hard pulls. Just make like a, f- a small effort, you know, mm-hmm. and then pull off. I thought like if you started something, other people will follow. Right. And um, 
I, st- I mean, were, I did like, you were wrong. I did, yeah, I, I was very wrong. Yeah. It was kind of like one of those things where I start kind of making an effort to like act like I'm gonna like more of like an attack, right. Right. less than of like a chase, like more of an attack to see first off, is anyone coming with me? And then I put in an attack and the entire field comes with me. And then doesn't feel the need and to then pull through. doesn't feel the need to like. <laughs> then when we didn't get that far, I mean the entire time we weren't that far from them, yeah. And but nobody ever felt like oh it's worth like, you know, trying to get there. It's kind of a weird thing because I feel like when we've been to bigger races, when you're at like a race where there's like a hundred guys in the field or like not even that like seventy five, there's like enough people there that figure that it's just better to be at the front taking a pull than be like shit like on the back like sitting yeah so like I, I feel like this only happens or this more likely happens when there's like less than 30 guys in a field yeah that's when you get this like weird game where it's like even people like sitting on the back like just holding on or like oh, I could win the race um how many people were actually racing 27 for okay. the three fours that's not like a terrible field that's yeah. not bad not for bad. what Wisconsin's been lately no yeah that's true um, I think Menominee's always a, a pretty yeah, popular race it's a good one I think <laughs> there's a lot more people in Milwaukee who are racing yeah for sure for sure there's a couple of like better established teams yeah really only like one or maybe two teams in the Madison area that have like a pretty good uh, race presence I'd say yeah Milwaukee's got like probably four at least I would mm-hmm. think um, okay, so like that, so four four riders went up the road. Yes, or five, four, four. No, yeah, four. Okay, so they then, get up, they win, and, yeah, and then how's the how's the sprint? I'm assuming you're still so in the fifth field, place. Right? Someone with went like two, no, three guys went with like a lap and a half. Okay, and again, I thought, yeah, well, I'm not gonna chase something with a lap and a half. They're not. There's no way they get away, right. because literally they just dangled in front of us. Right. That's kind of a of good. Of course, that, nobody went and tried to go with them. That's kind of a good, uh, a good example though of like, it's never a bad idea to try because all it takes is like a hesitation and you've got like yeah. a giant gap and that's the breakaway. And yeah. It's like you're rolling it. I. Th- I mean, and th- so, <coughs> so yeah, those three guys got up. The just barely got in front of us. Um, and then I was just feeling really, I was feeling pretty good at that point. I've been doing a lot of sprint training, so I trusted my sprint. So when we got to the final corner, I was sitting like third wheel. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I started, I actually got like a gap out of that last corner. Yeah. And one dude decides to like pull through essentially in front of me when we were like 300 meters to go. And I was like, okay. If you want to do that, go for it. So I literally actually, I actually backed off and got onto his wheel. Yeah. And, and so he like pulled me. And I was like, oh, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> but I sat Se- on his wheel for a few, like. Secret teammate. Yeah, a few seconds and then went and then caught two of the guys who were up the road. Oh, okay. And literally got like within like a wheel length of the third guy. Oh. And he just snagged me, of, yeah. snagged fifth place from me, which was just that was I don't know it was just really frustrating yeah because I feel like in that race I just was not lucky no that was pretty much it, it was I just wasn't lucky um were there any teams there that were riding really well like as it a, was kind as of a, guys as a team well the guys who made it in the breakaway were it was kind of like they had one person who would uh kind of just stop any chase that happened and I think oh, that's what yeah. helped it um and I think kind of what happened was is 
too many people tried to go with them, they would just chase. Mm. And I'm guessing that it was just the perfect concoction of they didn't really try to chase because I could have been in the breakaway, which is also really frustrating because, like, the guy... I was at the front, and the guys were, like, right next to me when they went. And I was like, I should go. And I was like, wait, no, that's stupid. I'm not going to go. So it was just... It was a frustrating sixth place. Yeah. Um, For my first race, I mean, my, my... I told myself before I wasn't going to try to get in breakaways anyways. Yeah. And I would just take anything that, uh, anything from the sprint. Right. So, and I did do exactly what I told myself I was going to do. So in that sense, I should be happy with what it was. But what I'm not happy with is just how unlucky I was. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Yeah, So part of it, I guess. So I had two hour break in between races. Yes. This is, yeah. So slammed some Mountain Dew. Got well, some Doritos. Well, what I feed yeah. up. Well, I think this is always important if you're going to do two races. Is what do you do in between is matters a lot. That's um, true. Yeah. I pretty much sat in my car, threw my seat back in my front seat. Uh, I went through an entire bag of uh, gummy bears. Oh, good idea. Put down. I had a bottle of Gatorade, huh? and then I had a peanut butter and jelly. Pretty much, I just brought, put in as much like sugar as I could. And now, how was that? It, it went it. really well. Recovered, ready yeah. to go for the next race. Yeah, I just nice. I really wanted to replenish my the glucose in my body. Yeah. So that helped a lot. Glucose is a science word for sugar. Yeah, I wanted to and replace the, the sugar in my body, get yeah. hydrated. Yeah. Uh, so I actually felt pretty good. Um, I got a good warm-up in beforehand. You know, I was, I was sweating before the race, which is what you want to aim for. Yeah. So uh, I was... So this is kind of weird, too. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is whenever you do a race for the first time, that's like that next level. Yeah. You know, it was even when I first started doing a four or five race thinking, am I even going to be able to do it? You know, and then getting really good at four or five racing and then trying to do three, four racing and then yeah. thinking again, am I even going to be able to do this? And then doing that first P one, two, three race. Well, it's been a while since I've done a really hard race like this. So mm-hmm. You kind of go into it thinking, oh my gosh, these guys must just be amazing bike racers. Yeah. But, you know, once you're kind of in it, you realize these people are just human. Okay. So, uh, it was definitely a little nerve-wracking at first, but as I got into it, I got much more comfortable. Yeah. There was a... Did you feel like you were, like, just, like, outgunned, like, hardcore the entire time? Or was it like, oh, I can hang in here? I could definitely tell there was... I mean, there was Project Echelon that was in the race. Okay. Uh, and then there was also Velikaz who brought a few really good guys. So it was kind of like you could tell there was dominant people in the race. Yeah. You know? But besides that, you could kind of tell everyone else was kind of on the same on the same level. Mm-hmm. So halfway through the race, it was actually at like 30 minutes exactly, there was a really big crash that I barely snuck through. Nice. That was... And one thing about when there's a crash, you know... Have you ever noticed that people just, like, stop even though they're not in the crash? Well, yeah, you can take a free lap, right? Well, no, 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 It's like I almost crashed into someone that wasn't even near the crash. Yeah, I think... Just because, like, they stopped and, like, they were... They, like, almost put a foot down in front of everyone coming... Trying to get around the crash behind them. It's like a trigger for some people. Yeah. They're, like, they hear the noise and they just want to, like... They're like, oh, is that by me? Am I crashing? It's like a, It's like a weird psychological thing almost. Yeah, it's like when there's a crash... And you're not in it. Just go, keep, keep going because right. there's people behind you that are then slamming on their brakes. Because right. if you, if, especially if you watch like pro bike racing, 
typically there's like two people that crash and then people that aren't even near the crash all of a sudden crash right because they get spooked they get spooked so it's like if that happens you know you should always kind of have in the back of the, your mind like what's my way out right. at least that's kind of what I do is like especially I get uncomfortable when like you're in the center of a bunch of people and you have no way out uh-huh. I feel much more comfortable of being on the outsides being able to think okay if something were to happen somebody touches wheels I could do this you know um, but yeah if, if you're if there's a crash and you're not necessarily in it and you're able to keep going through just keep moving so that you're not bogging down an area that wasn't involved in the crash and possibly having someone behind you hit you. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what almost happened to me is a guy who wasn't in the crash slammed on his brakes and, like, kind of swerved off. Right. Where I was trying to just get through and I almost went straight into him. Extra spicy dodge, huh? Yeah, so that was... I got pretty close there. But um, that was a pretty rough crash because it was pretty fast. Yeah. And you could just see, like, all the people, like, behind just going over each other. That was probably the worst part was the people that, like, behind the crash that went straight into it. Yeah, right. So So after the crash... They neutralized the field for about 20 minutes. Okay. And then we got back into it, and it was just 12 laps of just gunning. Yeah. I've never been in, like, my 5211 so much... And then in the last lap, I actually, like, I was in my 5211 in the final stretch. Yeah. Trying to go as hard as I could in my 5211 and just seeing the pack just, like, gain space on me. Damn. That was, like, the one time where I was, like, that was a, that was humbling. Yeah. That's what it was. It was just, like. You're, like, okay, up until then, and then you finish the race, and it's, like, oh, I can't even, like, push hard enough to stay in contact. Yeah, Yeah. because at that moment, you're, like, oh. Those guys have another gear. Yeah, like they have another gear. Yeah, right. They're in the fifty. They're in the fifty-three. They've got the yes, chain, physically bigger chain ring. Yeah, that's yeah, what you mean, right? Literally and metaphorically. why you got a fifty-two? <laughs> literally and metaphorically, they have another gear, and that's the difference. Twelve speed. Twelve speed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that was, that's how the race went. I I, t- I thought I took like twentieth, like around there, but I actually took thirteenth out of thirty-seven. That's not bad. So, so a I was lot very of people got dropped. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people got dropped in the last lap. Yeah, you think so? So I was pretty proud by that. You know, thirteenth out of thirty-seven. It's with, not bad. It's not um, bad at all. I mean, that's like I a, will say. I will say. I did sneak by a few people who were doing the lead out at the very finish. Uh, I mean, yeah. Those people count. You know, like, but they count, right? Like, yeah. It's mean, their job. Yeah. It's always, like, really, it's always, really, like, really funny because somebody might get, like, 16th and it's like, oh, yeah, it was just a lead out. And then somebody will get, like, 12th and it's like, yeah, I was really going for it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was is I beat, like, four or five people that were, like, lead outs for the guy that won. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's still really impressive and, like, the fact that you, I mean, these are a lot of these like teams I think that's so it's tough for anybody that's like a it's like a relatively talented cyclist which I think you probably are I mean you know you know you're probably not like a superstar but you've only been doing it for a couple of years but like, you've got some solid talent right Thank but you, it, right. it's like hard to jump in to like a one two three race and like with these guys that are pros like some of them are not full-time pros but they race at like a professional mm-hmm. level and to have to like contend with like those people it's like it's super humbling and it's like makes you like reflect on like how much you enjoy cycling and racing right yeah one thing i learned too is like if if i were to be doing that like every single weekend you like you could definitely get to a much higher level just by racing a lot i think people underestimate the 
effect that racing has on making you a better cyclist. Yeah. Like there there is just no like physical experience that you can gain from training that replicates like being in a really hard race. And it it's different like if you are the like you know like there's always that saying, right? It's like you're the hammer or you're the nail. I think rarely people get into a race and it's like, oh yeah, I'm the hammer. And then like, yeah. you know, you're not gaining any fitness, right? Because it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. But like jump into a race that's over your head, especially a longer one that you're not used to, like you are the nail. And like, that's so good for fitness and it's so good for just like being a better cyclist, yeah. right? And one thing I learned too about, and kind of what you're talking about is, you know, the hammer and the nail thing um, is being, and I actually had to tell myself mentally this during the races to be active rather than reactive. Yeah, right. Meaning, like, don't don't wait for something to happen because then you're always catching up. Mm-hmm. Anticipate what's going to happen and already be preloading for when all of a sudden the race is strung out. Right. You know, uh, like, I, I just kind of found myself trying to catch back on mm-hmm. when, like, I knew something was coming, but I waited for it to happen. Right. And then you, you kind of feel like you're catching up rather than I see something happen. Okay, I'm switching down a gear and I'm going to start revving up rather than just pounding on the pedals to catch up. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And, and like, don't find yourself at the back of the field and be like, oh, I got to move up. Like, just don't let yourself get back there. Like, exactly yeah. what you're saying. Like, be reactive. Like, oh, the f- it's like good time to move up. Like, slowing down. Like, don't take a breath. Like, take yeah. a couple pedal strokes and just move up. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's easy like if the pack all of a sudden is you know bunching up together and you see there's a wide open on the left side move up 10 people for, with for free speed and then yeah. all of a sudden you're you're in a much better position you probably like i knew that i'd probably drift back mm-hmm. but at least for the next lap i would be spending less energy and you can capitalize on not having like the same like level of fitness as somebody else by just being so much more efficient and like saving your matches and not yeah. burning them because I'm sure there's plenty of people that were more fit than you but got dropped early on because they were closing gaps and they were making accelerations and they were not being a smart rider. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I think that's what it was in the last lap. Uh, I saw my I saw the the one opening I had and I was able to move up quite a bit of spots. Yeah, and I think that that helped a lot. Yeah, it's pretty impressive too that you can hang in these races with like you know like relative training time compared to a lot of people in that race too like how many hours a week do you think you average training uh now probably around seven yeah like seven and seven hours a week i'd say a lot of the guys that you're racing against are triple that i mean there's probably some guys that are over 20 hours that are that I would are say tri- at least a couple a couple maybe on like project echelon a couple guys yeah. that are probably over 20 hours but i guarantee and there's quite a few people quite, doing 14 hours i'd say the majority of the guys you're racing against are doing you know double the hours mm-hmm. that you're doing i think it's a testament to just being like efficient with your time you know it's like you don't yeah. you don't necessarily need to pound out like you know 12 13 14 15 hours a week if you stick to like a tr- pretty pretty good training plan and just like make your workouts count you know mm-hmm. I think that's the, the biggest difference like it's not just riding it's just like making a workout out of it yeah I think you just have to see the see the time you have and make it as efficient as right. possible well and you've been and you've been chipping away at it pretty uh, like consistently consistently I think is the best word for it since November like yeah your like whole season like in nice consistent training blocks hitting that like 
weekly TSS goal and just like measuring it and being like super, I, I wouldn't even say you're super regimented. I just think you're consistent. Yeah. Right? I think that's kind of the big thing is right. if you're going to commit to it, um, don't commit to something that you know, you don't, you don't know if you can do, I think is the best right. thing. You might get a few weeks in. Like one thing I, I realized that I shouldn't have done was try to get two big weeks in mm-hmm. and then just collapse on the third week. And then yeah. try to recover on the recover, then get like a in between week, the fourth week, right. and then you know, take you know you gotta dial it back those first two weeks so that you can get a consistent four weeks. And that's a good, and I think that's a good uh, barometer for how how well you're hitting or how well you're you're absorbing your training is if you can't get you know typically I'd say like most people it's like three weeks on one week off, and if you can't get to that last week. Oh shit! Okay. Okay. Are we Few technical difficulties. Sorry, we had a little bit of a technical te- technical difficulty, but I was just on the topic of how when you're training and you're kind of through that like second week of training, you've kind of you should have a good understanding that if you can't make it through that third week of training, you're probably training too much. You're probably doing too much training. Your training load is too high, and your body is not. It's not like the optimal amount. And maybe that's like different for some people. And like for you, I think you hit your sweet spot at like seven or eight hours right and that's and that's of uh what you call like structured training so like you like to follow trainer road a lot and do all their their programs and their work um i know like i've i've been in times of my life where i could train like 12 hours a week and it was like totally fine and then times were like uh like six or seven hours was probably the most i should have been doing Mm -hmm. but anyways i think yeah just kind of a testament like you know i i think my whole point or our whole point with this whole thing is like you don't necessarily need to be putting in like crazy hours to get to a pretty high level, at least in your local scene. Especially if, if you can attend a lot of races. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a cat three and you're able to double up on the three fours and oh, one two do threes. Yeah. I do that. And especially because your cat three race is probably the race that you care more about because you can do better in that race. What's the what's the pain in spending an extra ten bucks to sign up for the second race, the one two three race, mm-hmm. and seeing how long you can last for and it's gonna hurt like for sure like we all know that but you get like a huge huge day of training and it's great just practice of like being in a crit also too um the one thing i took away from this is the confidence that i'm like okay it was tough this time but i know that if i kept at this at the same training um, I could definitely be do better. Right. If you, I, there's not, definitely space that I know I could fill yeah. to get better. And it's not even necessarily doing more, right? It's just keep on doing what you're doing and doing yeah. it really well and getting those like mo- weeks, months, and years of just like consistent training and hard work. It's like you don't have to like triple your training load to like try to compete, right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously what you're doing is working. So like, yeah, just when you doing it. when you realize there's it's not as far of a way of a uh, of a goal, right? As you thought, it's more like, motivating, right? Yeah, it's within eyesight, is yeah. what I would say. You know, so that's kind of what I took away. Another thing, good about, takeaway. It's yeah. a solid takeaway. Uh, the downside though of this yesterday was. I realized my bike position was way too aggressive. Ryan's feeling toasted today. So I had I got a new bike last year. I sized down to make it real like a aggressive crit racing machine, which it was fifty four centimeter bike for a six foot. No, five ten. Five. five Which isn't that's not that bad, but 
uh, I slammed it all the way. And when I was training indoors and doing shorter practice crits, it wasn't much of an issue. I did get like neck pain a little bit, but after yesterday of doing uh, two hours worth of racing, my neck was obliterated. I was, it, I've been in so much pain today. So the takeaway from this is I'm actually going to put it back all the way. Old man spacers. All, all the way back up, which is still pretty aggressive. Yeah. But the takeaway from this is being, if you can't be comfortable in that aerodynamic position, there's no point in being in that aerodynamic position if you can't maintain it. Don't don't slam your stem for vanity. Yeah. Like, if you can get away with it, sweet. It looks awesome. But don't don't just like slam it to slam it and like especially if you're on the lower side or like your bike is on the smaller side of the size that you should have. Like go with what's efficient and comfortable. Like you don't have to like put a positive rise stem on it and like all the way up but like you know you're finding balance right yeah balance. so yeah so i think that's one thing that uh i'm going to change that i know is going to be positive is bringing up my quite a bit i think i have another seven millimeters so i'm going to go up almost 30 mil- millimeters from where i was nice I think and, that's the right move. And then I'm going to be able to stay the uh, in my drops the entire race, and I think that's going to make a big difference for comfort. And I also like just being in my drops. I feel more in control while right. being in my drops. And I've been trying to race on the hoods lately, and I just don't feel as confident on my hoods. Makes sense. That makes sense. Which is important because there's some pretty big races coming up right now. Yeah. Um, my schedule, personally, is I got uh, Menasha Crit this weekend. I'm going to be doing Hometown two races again. Hometown Crit. Hometown Crit. I won the three fours last year. Um, we'll see how it goes. To be honest, I'm going to go into Reigning champion. Yeah. I've, well, I've won the four fives and three fours at this race. You should race. try to win this race solo now. Yeah. <laughs> I have won. When I won the four fives, I was... Uh, it wasn't win. solo, but it was a breakaway. Hi, Anna. Anna just walked, walked in. Hey, Anna. Uh... And so I'll do the four fives and P one two or three fours and P one two three, and then I'm going to take Sunday off, and then not like a light week next week, but more of a prep prep week for the beginning of Tour of America's Dairyland. Yep, and I'll be working Tour of America's Dairyland. I will not be. So if anybody wants to say hi to the person putting all the fences up in the morning, taking him down in the afternoon, I might have the podcast mic with me, do some podcasting the entire time I'm there. Why not? I've got nothing better to do in between setting up and tearing down. So that might be pretty fun. There you go. So uh, takeaways from this this podcast, because we did talk about a lot. Yeah. Uh, was, I would say, it's um, people are human, even people, if they're cat pe- ones. People are peoples. So yeah. People are human, even if they're cat ones. They right. are not these godly people or that's, inhuman people. That's true. Um, so, you know, keeping up with them is definitely within reach of a lot more people than they realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be doing 15 hours a week to keep up with those people. And be at a pretty high level at your local scene, yeah. especially for crit races. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's realistic as being, you know, being able to compete at the higher level at your local scene. Word. Um, you, you, can, you can get pretty fit on seven to nine hours a week. Yeah, don't need a lot of, don't need a lot of time just, when you're doing crits, right? Just make it efficient. Uh, you don't have to slam your stem. You don't have to. You don't have to. If you want to be cool, you have to. If you want to be cool, you have to. But you don't have to. But you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I and think then uh, what was the last thing? I think I don't know. Pretty much covered everything. 
Crit racing's cool. Crit racing's pretty fun. It's the way to go. Everybody's talking about all this gravel stuff, which is great. Dirty Kanza, all that stuff's done, right? But now it's summertime, which means it's crit time. I will say, because um, I did do a mountain bike race uh, like two weeks ago, oh, yeah, yeah, you did. I have been thinking about doing gravel races, but yeah. getting back into the crit scene, I realize how much I love crit, crit racing. Crits are fun because they're they're short, they're fast, they're pretty intense, which is some, what some people like, some people don't like them, but it's a good time. You feel tired, you feel like you got some good work done, but you also don't feel like you completely shattered yourself. Yeah. Unless you, yeah. Unless you did. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. I think that's a wrap, Ryan. It's a wrap. Anybody listening, if you want to subscribe to us, we're on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher for all you Android users. Uh, follow us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram as well. Tweet at us, uh, bike underscore race underscore weekly. A little active on Twitter lately, trying to tweet a little bit more. I haven't really been doing a lot of tweeting last week, but going to get back on that game. Um, yeah, so we would love if you left a rating too. Five stars are great, but any any kind of feedback is awesome. If anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out. Happy to answer them on the podcast. Anything else, Ryan? That's it for me. How are uh, you, Anna? It's good. Anna's good. Anna's good. All, All right, right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Till next time. See you later.